Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3. All right, folks, here is how markets are looking like right now. And we have stocks ticking slightly higher overnight as traders await the release of new U.S. consumer inflation data and as treasury yields continue to retreat. So the Dow Jones Industrial Average slightly higher by 0.2 points. That's around 65 points, closing at 33,805. The S&P 500 gained 0.4% to close at 4,377. And the tech heavy Nasdaq, the outperformer rising 0.7% closing at 13,660. And worth noting, it is closing above its 50-day moving average, the first time doing so since mid-September. And for all three major benchmarks, it marks a four-day winning streak. So for more insights, we are joined by Sonu Vargis. He's the Vice President and Global Macro Strategist for Carson Group. Sonu, thanks for joining us on the show today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. All right. Great having you on. Now, I am trying to wrap my head around the latest market moves. And we are seeing green on the screen, despite the Fed saying, hey, we might see rates staying higher for longer. So what is being priced into the markets right now? Uh, yeah, I think though, over the last few months, since July, really, markets been the equity market's been driven by you know what we've seen in the bond market and the bond yield you know, interest rates on 10-year treasuries, for example, especially on the long end of the yield curve, 10-year treasuries, 30-year treasuries, they've moved up more than 1% by getting to about 480, close to 5% for the 30-year. And this is on expectations of that the economy will be, the economy is stronger than mm-hmm. everyone expected. There's no recession. And I think investors are projecting that strength out into the future as well. And they're thinking, okay, rates are going to be higher for much longer. And then September came, the Fed sort of confirmed that at their September meeting, and Mm -hmm. we just got the minutes for that today. Uh, They said, you know what, originally back in June, we thought there were maybe uh, four rate cuts in 2024. But now we are projecting just two rate cuts because of the strength of the economy. So I think that just laid into the the dynamics of rising interest rates. And, you know, the equity market has seen volatility because of that. Now, what's interesting is over the last five days, the markets actually rallied about 3%. That's despite the tensions in the Middle East and all of that. Since Thursday evening, Friday morning, we got a very good payroll report, employment report that showed that the economy is strong. Market futures actually went down, but it rallied. So we changed that dynamic of bad news is good news into good news is good news, finally. And then (laughs) this week, several... Fed members have said that, you know what, we may be done with rate hikes. The market's done the job for us. Interest rates have gone up, so we don't need to do much more. Ah, Yeah, that is the tune coming from the earlier part of the week where we had the likes of Dallas Fed President Laurie Logan saying that higher yields may lessen the need for further rate increases because that's doing the job for the Fed. So I'm wondering if this could be Perhaps the peak of um, bond yields that we've been seeing, 4.8% plus, 16-year highs, and uh, that's where we can expect the bond yields to go from here. Uh, we think, uh, we, always, we were in the camp that the economy was would be stronger uh, coming into this year than everyone expected, and we expected bond yields to go up. But I think, uh, to your point, 
like yields are probably close to the highest. You never say never in this business, mm. right? But then 480 close to 5%, maybe as high as they probably get, especially with nominal GDP running around 5 to 6%. And uh, there's always demand for U.S. treasuries, uh, even from, you know, places like Japan, right? We don't think the 10-year treasury interest rate will probably go much higher, but that is not to say it will go down. We think the economy is strong, so which means rates are likely to hover around maybe 450 and 5% for a while now. Yeah, talking about a strong economy. So we had PepsiCo's earnings coming out earlier this week, and there were a couple of interesting takeaways. They've been quite optimistic about the outlook. They've raised their outlook for the third time this year, and they've hiked prices as well and managed to pass on to some extent those higher costs to consumers. But they did notice that volume of transactions have gone down. So these price hikes have to some extent pushed away some customers. What do you make of the consumer sentiment right now? Consumer sentiment has been fairly poor, but generally consumer sentiment tends to be correlated, at least in the U.S., to gas prices, pump Mm. prices, how much people pay to put into their cars. And uh, with oil rising over the last, you know, since the beginning of the year, oil gas prices have actually gone up. Now, what's interesting is that despite oil rallying close to about 10, 12% over the last month, and even including on Monday after the tension in the Middle East, gas prices have actually not increased significantly. In fact, they're starting to go down, contrary to what you may think with higher oil prices. Uh, that's because refining margins are coming down. About mm. 25% of uh, what goes into pump prices here in the U.S. is refining margins. 50% is the price of oil. So pump, uh, refining margins have been crashing. And because of that, you know, I think U.S. consumers are going to get a break on gas prices. So that's going to probably feed into more positive consumer sentiment. But even with poor sentiment, the U.S. consumers have been spending over the last three months, especially through August, consumer spending has been running at a 7% annualized pace. That is incredibly, that's nominal. But even if you adjust for inflation over the three months through August, Consumer spending has been rising at a 4% annualized pace. So that's really strong for the economy. Yeah, I'm wondering about the demand equation for oil as well, because we've been talking about China quite a fair bit, not doing as well as what people are hoping. But there is talk about stimulus, more stimulus in China. How is that going to do for oil prices down the road? Especially with supply being tight, we are in the camp that there is more upside for oil. If, you know, It's not like oil may not get to $120 a barrel, WTI. But $90, $95 definitely is on the cards for WTI. So given how tight supply is, uh, there's probably room for oil to go up. And, you know, coming on the back of exactly what you said, if there is more demand in China, that should spur a bit of a rally too. All right, looking ahead, what are you expecting when you see the um, numbers for consumer price index um, data coming out later this week? Already the producer price index numbers uh, did beat expectations slightly. So what are you looking out for when you get the consumer price index numbers? PPI, the producer price index, uh, was above expectations, mostly because energy prices were higher. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, we knew that, so it wasn't a huge surprise, really. Uh, CPI, we're expecting core inflation to continue coming in around 0.2 to 0.3% month over month. Uh, Core inflation is what the Fed sort of focuses on. So that's going to put it in the range of 3 to 3.5% core inflation as measured by the Consumer Price Index. So there's certain things, things like airfares, car insurance prices, that's probably going to push 
CPI higher, countering that will be uh, shelter inflation, and which is mostly rent. So 40% of core inflation is shelter or housing, basically. And a lot of that is basically rental inflation. And we think that's going to continue putting downward pressure on the consumer price index. And that's going to be positive from the perspective of the Fed because they are going to look at core inflation and say, okay, it's not rising much further. Maybe it's not falling as quickly as we wanted and it's still elevated, but the downward trend is still intact and that's positive. All right. So a bit more support for Fed to take his foot off the pedal. All right. We've been chatting with Sonu Vargas. He's the Vice President and Global Macro Strategist at Carson Group. Sonu, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thanks so much for having me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.